You're listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 172, The Solo Series. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 172 of She Runs the Show. Cassandra Von Worsley with you here. All right. It has been a minute since I've been on She Runs the Show. I have to tell you, I think I've said this in a previous episode, a more recent episode. For me this year in 2019, the podcast is not a top priority. And I want you to hear this because sometimes as entrepreneurs, we try to take on too much we try to do too much. We try to go for too much all at the same time and nothing, we get nothing to mastery. And so for me, I, I made it really clear as I planned out 2019 that the podcast is not at the top of the priority list. And I say that to say that I know I have a lot of listeners who look forward to this podcast. You know, it usually drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Just so you know, just reiterating the point that I think I talked about a couple episodes ago, the podcast is going to be kind of hit or miss for a while. So I'm going to do my best to keep it to at least one episode a week, hopefully two to three. But one thing you will see this year that I haven't really focused on the podcast before is there are going to be a lot more guest interviews this year. And part of that is I have to feel the fear of doing all the work of post-production on those interviews and get it done anyway. But part of that is I really want you to get to know the work of some amazing entrepreneurs in the world. And I know that you listening to what they have to say and what they have to share is going to make a huge difference in your business and in your life. So in 2019 on She Runs the Show, you are going to see a lot more guest interviews. In the meantime, for the next three to six episodes, we are going to stick with our solo format. And I want to talk today about something that I just, I see it everywhere. Uh, you know, I have moments of this, but they don't last very long anymore. But they did when I first became an entrepreneur, when I started the first one, two, three, four, five businesses. So, and I want to talk about this today because I think it is way more applicable today because so many people are experiencing it. And even entrepreneurs who are super well established are still experiencing this. So in episode 172, we're talking about the fact that there is enough tribe for everybody. There's enough tribe for everybody. I, you know, I think so often we look at the rock stars of our industry and you might be a coach, you might be a lawyer, you might be, um, I don't know, a project manager. You might be a virtual assistant running a virtual assistant business. You might be a hairstylist who has your own hair salon or your own hairline. Whatever line of hair products, whatever your business is, I think it's, we do the comparison thing in business a lot. We look at what other people in our industry are doing. We look at the rock stars of our industry and what they're doing. And we sort of go, oh, it's been done already. Like it's been done already. How am I, how am I going to compete when there are already people who are at the top of their game? You know, they have the market share. We look at the leaders of our industry. I mean, you look at somebody, when you think about online entrepreneurship, you look at people like Gary V and Grant Cardone and Kim Raluna and, you know, Shanda Sumter and Marie Forleo. I mean, I could go Danielle Laporte, Gabby Bernstein. You look at some of the top of the top in online business and 
you may feel a lot of trepidation and a lot of fear because you say to yourself, but they're already doing what I want to do. You know, the Ed Milets, the, the Beatrice Coolians, the Tom Billiers. We look at them and we go, but they're doing the thing that I want to do. How, why should I even put myself out there? And they're already doing it. Sometimes we, we listen to their, their podcasts. We watch their YouTube videos. Uh, we listen to their audios. Les Brown right? Dr. Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher. Uh, we, we take in their material and instead of using their material to remind us why it's so important that we use our voice and we get our work out there, we listen to their material, compare ourselves, compare our chapter one to their chapter 27. And then we get freaked out and think that there's not enough room in the world, in the universe for, for, for you and Dr. Eric Thomas, for you and Tom Billier, for you and Marie Forleo. Even the fact that if you're a woman entrepreneur and you're listening to this, the fact that I'm able to name so many more male entrepreneurs who are rocking it than female entrepreneurs should give you something in your being that goes, uh, 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 we need to step up our game and match them. There are, you know, there, Sarah Blakely may have a competitive, a sustainable competitive advantage on Spanx, but she's not the only one who can rise to that level. And so I want to talk today about the fact that if you are doing the whole comparison thing, if you are doing the thing where you, you look at what Rachel Hollis is doing and you look at what uh, Chris Carr is doing and you're looking at what different entrepreneurs who are at the top of the leaderboard in your industry are doing and you feel like maybe business isn't for you because you can't compete with them, right? This is the right episode for you to be listening to because we're just going to nip this in the bud today. And in fact, this whole idea of comparing yourself to other people and then and we do it with everything we don't just do it with business we do it with our bodies we we look at fitness models and competitors and we go well i want my body to look like that but they must know something i don't or they must be special or they must have really great metabolism not true they just work super hard they work super super hard so i i want to talk about this today because at the end of the day here's what i want you to know is absolutely true there's enough tribe for everybody. There's enough tribe for everybody. So, and, and I want to sit here for a while because it's the reason why I'm creating the fire your inner critic, find your inner badass, and finally build your business inner leadership course. Because part of what ends up happening for a lot of entrepreneurs is they hold themselves back in business. They play really small. They stall what they're doing. They don't take daily massive action. They're not consistent and persistent because they're playing a head game with themselves in their own head that is already discounting them before they've even put their message out into the world, before they've even given their tribe an opportunity to say yes. They've already said no in their heads. And so they're already down for the count because they've said no in their heads to themselves. They're not even out there serving their tribe. So let's talk about it. There's enough tribe for everybody, period. First of all, if you don't have that belief, if you don't have that knowing that your success is never coming at the expense of anybody else's success, that what you want and who you are and what's meant for you is for you and nobody can take it from you. If you don't have that belief, you need to develop that belief. You need to decide today that 
you believing that there's this pie out there in the world and there's only so many slices and most of the rock stars already have the slice of the entrepreneurial pie and there's no room for you or if there's room for you, you got to fight and grind and that belief is not going to serve you in business. So number one, really think about the belief that you've got about that. Do you believe that you live in a world where there's plenty for everybody? And that your success uplifts my success. My success is your, do you believe that? Or are you really looking at things of, oh, if one person gets this interview or if one person lands on that podcast or if one person gets that in business, then I'm losing. No, you're not losing because what's for them is for them. And what's for you is for you. So here's the thing I, it really boils down to at the end of the day. When I say there's enough tribe for everybody, the only reason that as an entrepreneur, you would not believe that was true is if you had bought into the notion of scarcity. And here's the thing about scarcity. Scarcity is not real. It's not real. There's more than enough for everybody. Here's the thing. And, and let, let's just break down from a very logical perspective of what, why scarcity A is not real and why there's more than enough for everybody. Number one, it's never crowded at the top. And the reason why it's never crowded at the top is because most people in the world are not going to work hard enough to get to the top. Period. So if you just want to knock out scarcity and this idea of having to compete against everybody and if somebody else wins, you lose. If you want to knock it out of the ballpark, let's just get logical and talk about the fact that most people are never going to work as hard as you're going to work in your business. Most people are never going to take the risk of betting on themselves in business. Most people are never going to do the work and go through every single failure and every single rejection and every single loss and take every single hit for years to get to the top. Most people are not going to do that. So if you just take it from a purely like, if I look at the top 3% of entrepreneurs, most people will drop out before they get to that level and they do not have it with it. Not even that they don't have it within them. They're not choosing to cultivate within them the kind of grit and resilience and strength that it takes to actually get there. So why don't we just be logical for a second and go, the reason why scarcity is not real is because most people are not going to work their way to the top, period. The end. They're not going to do the work. But, but there's something even deeper to this whole idea of scarcity versus abundance. Scarcity is not a real thing because it's completely up to you where you land in your life. It's completely up to you where you land in your life. It has, let me be very clear. It has nothing to do with anybody else because you're the one who, you're the person who makes the choices about what you do every day, when you wake up, when you go to sleep, how often you reach out to your tribe, how often you serve them because your life And I'm speaking from a first world perspective. Can I throw that in there for a second? Because third world countries are different. We're not even going to go there. But if you, if you're listening to me as I speak in English and you're in a first world country, let me just say number one, A, you won the ovarian lottery. That's a whole other episode. And B, you're blessed enough that you get to be the, the, the decider of your fate, the, the master of your ship. You are the person who gets to decide whether you succeed or fail. Has nothing to do with anybody else. I know a lot of people want to buy into this. This person kept me down and that person kept me down and that nope. Not so if you're in a first world country, totally up to you. You could work as hard as you need to work for as long as you need to work to get to exactly where you want to go. So even on the level of understanding that abundance is a choice. Let me say that again. I want you to really hear this. Abundance is a choice. 
abundance is not a, I wish for it and it lands on me with the wave of a magic wand in a Cinderella story kind of thing. Abundance is always a choice and you can choose it. You can feel it. You can live it at any moment you want to. It is not when you get to a certain revenue point. So the first thing about this fact that there is enough tribe for everybody, number one, scarcity is not real. It's from a logical, you know, uh, spiritual, from every standpoint, scarcity is just not true. Abundance is, is a choice that we get to make. Now, if you want to choose scarcity, boy, you can make scarcity super real for you. That still doesn't make it real. It just makes it real for you. So point number one, scarcity is not real. Point number two, when I say there's enough tribe for everybody, I want you to remember that you don't choose your calling. Your calling chooses you, as Wayne Dyer has said many, many times. But also, you were not put on this earth to compete. You were put on this earth to create, and they're different. They may look the same in business when you see somebody winning in business. When you see a Tom Billier with impact theory winning with Quest Nutrition winning and you go, well, he had to compete to get those Quest Nutrition bars to the point where he got the company. He had to compete. No, no, I don't think so. I want you to really think about this. When you are in total, I want you to think about a moment when you've been in total creative mode in your business, meaning you have been all cylinders on, all in, like feeling the fire, inspired action. Are you thinking about your competitors when you're all in, creating a new coaching program, coaching a client to amazing levels, uh, creating a new product, a new piece of artwork, a new design? When you're all in, are you really thinking about your competition? You're not. You know why? Because you're in full creator mode. So another piece of this idea that there's enough tribe for everybody is I want you to understand that you didn't, you weren't put on this planet to compete. You were put on this planet to create and your full investment in being a creator is what establishes your competitive advantage. So you're not even competing with anybody else because it's really about you being all of you in your business and serving your tribe on a massive level. When you do that, there is no competition. There is nobody who can compete with you for your tribe's attention. So this thing is not about, this business thing is not about competing, it's about creating. And if you're not creating, that's your business problem, not the competition. Because they're over there creating for their tribe. You're too busy focused on them that you're not over here creating for your tribe. Your business is in the wrong place. So understand, point number two, you're here to create, not compete. Point number three, when I say that there's enough tribe for everybody. Here's why I know that that is true. Your calling, remember, let's go back to what Wayne Dyer said. You don't choose your calling. Your calling chooses you. Your calling is specific to you and specifically for a certain tribe of people. Let me say that again, because a lot of people don't get this. Like a lot of people think, well, I'm teaching, you know, entrepreneurs how to do A, B, and C. So I'm competing with Marie Forleo. I'm competing with Daniel Laporte. I'm competing with Grant Cardone. I'm competing. No, you're not. Your calling is specific the same way that your calling called you. The same way that your calling is specific to you. It is also specifically for a certain tribe of people. This is why I, I just can't understand when somebody is thinking about starting a business, but the whole self-doubt thing comes in and they go, well, there are tons of businesses like that. There are tons of coaches. There are tons of consulting firms. There are tons of cleaning services. There are tons of delivery services. I don't know what business you're in, but I, we allow the inner critic to tell us 
that we're just like the other 5,000 businesses in our industry out there. And so why should we even begin? Because we're no different from them. Not true. Here's why that's not true. Your calling is specific to you. Nobody else is called to your calling but you. And it is also specifically for a certain tribe of people. Let me give you a prime example. And I use this example with clients all of the time. I love Wayne Dyer. May he rest in peace. I love Deepak Chopra. I love Marianne Williamson. I love Danielle Laporte. I have books from all of them. I love Tony Robbins. I have books from all of them. You're never going to put me in a position to say, well, um, am I only going to read the books of Deepak Chopra? Am I only going to... No, no, no. I have books from all of them. Now, at the same time that I have books from all of those people, I'm going to tell you that I'm not in Deepak Chopra's, Chopra's tribe, meaning I don't take his courses. I don't do his retreats. I don't go to the Chopra Center in, in Carlsbad. I am not a part of Deepak Chopra's tribe. It doesn't mean that I don't love him, like him, appreciate the work that he does in the world. But now, if Daniel Laporte gets on a live stream, if Daniel Laporte comes out with a new book, guess who's buying her, her latest book on Audible? Guess who, guess who wants to go see her speak at, in public? Because I am a part of Daniel Laporte's tribe. So what am I saying with this? I want you to get this because this applies to every entrepreneur. This just, this is not just for the people who've already established themselves. You have a tribe that is specific to you. They may buy other people's stuff. They may have taken other people's courses. They may be, um, getting things from other people, but because there is a tribe out there with your name on it, they are going to hear you clearer than they'll hear anybody else. They're going to learn from you in a deeper way than they will, than they will with anybody else. And they are going to transform their lives faster by working with you than they will with anybody else. Period. The end. That's it. And until you accept that that's true, you're always going to be doing the comparison thing and asking, but you know, this person does what I do and that person. No, but they're not you. And also your tribe is not for them. Your tribe is for you. So your calling is specific to you and specifically for a certain tribe of people. Here's the fourth point when I say there's enough tribe for everybody. And this is the final point I'm going to cover in this episode. This is where women entrepreneur gets stuck a lot. I mean, I, 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 you can argue with me on this. I don't see that male entrepreneurs, or maybe they have it, but they hide it way better than we do. I don't see men dealing with this in the way that we deal with this in business. You got to own your value. I see a lot of, um, among women entrepreneurs specifically, a lot of apologizing for being powerful, apologizing, and, and not outwardly, like verbally apologizing for it. I see a lot of subtle, covert apologizing that we do for being alphas as women, for being, um, we don't own our value as much as we need to in this world. And here's the thing I'm going to say about that. If you don't own your value, no one will ever benefit from, from your calling. Can I say that again? If you don't own your value, no one is ever going to benefit from your calling. Let me be very clear. When I say there's, there's enough tribe for everybody, part of you reaching your tribe, part of you tapping into uh, what your tribe needs and serving them on a higher level. You can't do that if you don't own your value. If you don't say, 
I'm the bomb.com. I have a tribe that's specifically for me. I'm not worrying about competing with anybody else. I'm going to go out there and rock it and serve my tribe completely. And I'm going to charge them premium prices because they're worth it and I'm worth it too. And they're going to pay it until you get to the point where you can say that and feel that and believe that and follow through on that. No matter how many years it takes for you to realize that in the tangible, then what you're going to do is you're going to play small. You're going to do less. You're not going to give more. And then you're going to wonder where is your tribe and, and why don't, why haven't they found you yet? Cause you haven't found you. Cause you have, nobody's going to find you if you haven't found you. And finding yourself has a lot to do with owning your value. All of it. Not a piece of it. Not a little bit of it. Owning all of your value. And, and until you can say, I know how powerful I am. I know how amazing I am. I know how incredibly incredibly effective I am with my tribe. Until you can say that and mean it and feel it, you're not going to deliver that to your tribe. And then you're going to wonder why they can't find you. You're going to, you're going to buy another course, another training program and try to figure out how you can do better Facebook ads or better five day challenges, whatever it is. But here's the thing. None of the tactics work if you don't believe in you. I don't know how many episodes I've said it. I don't know how many episodes I'm about to say it. Self-belief is everything. If you don't believe in you, there's no tactic that's going to work in your business. Period. The end. And believing in you has nothing to do with proof. It has nothing to do with evidence. It has nothing to do with, well, how much money did I produce this month? If you ride your identity as an entrepreneur on the monthly revenue you earn, you will always lose because they're going to be lean months. They're going to be lean years. And if your identity is tied to a specific number, then your identity goes away the moment the number does. Can't do it. Can't, it just, it can't be a part of what you talk to yourself about. Yes, you need to, like, let me just, let me back that up and say, yes, you need to focus on your revenue. I, I'm, you're not an entrepreneur if you're not focused on how much money am I making this month. But your identity cannot be based on that number. Do you get the difference? Like focus still on the money, but your identity can't be based on it. So what am I saying overall? Stop knocking yourself out of the entrepreneurial game by telling yourself some made up story about how what you want to do in business and in the world has already been done a thousand times, that you're a dime a dozen and that, you know, you're, you're no different than anybody else. So why should you even try? Because you won't be successful. Let me tell you what a dime a dozen is. MBAs. I have an MBA. Having an MBA, dime a dozen. And if somebody gets offended because they have an MBA and they went to Harvard or something and you worked really hard, good for you, get offended. Here's the thing. An MBA is a dime a dozen. A bachelor's degree is a dime a dozen. An associate's degree is a dime a dozen. A PhD even nowadays, because you can get it from Walden and every other place, is a dime a dozen. Do you know what is not a dime a dime a dozen, what you do with the calling that has been placed upon your life, with all the education you've gained in the process, with the skills you've developed, with the way that you serve your tribe, that cannot be replaced. It cannot be replaced. So what are we doing spending all this time doubting and fearing and, you know, just saying, well, I'm not going to write a book because everybody's wrote a book, but nobody's wrote your book. How about that? Nobody's wrote your book. How about nobody's built your product, your service? Nobody's done it the way you're going to do it. And nobody can replicate it even if they watch a thousand hours of your YouTube videos. They can't replicate you, period. There's your sustainable competitive advantage. 
So at the end of the day, you can take this and you can feel good about what I've said to you, or you can take this and you can actually assess whether you believe this and you change your beliefs immediately so they serve you, so you can go out there and serve your tribe. But here's the thing at the end of the day, there's enough tribe for everybody, period. I love Rachel Hollis. I'm not in her tribe. Know what I mean? Love her. Girl, wash your face. Everything. Love her. I'm not in her tribe. Love Gabby Bernstein. The universe has your back. Couldn't agree more. If I have her book on my bookshelf. But you know what? I'm not a part of Gabby Bernstein's tribe. See what I mean? Marie Forleo. I'm a part of Marie's tribe. I'm a part of Danielle Laporte's tribe. And, and I'll go deeper with them. Um, you've got a tribe. Stop pretending like you don't. Stop focusing so much on yourself that you're forgetting the mission, which is to serve your tribe and accept and own the fact that you're the one who's meant to serve them best. And you're the only one who can do it. And then go out there and do it consistently, persistently over a long period of time and watch what happens. That's all I want to say about that. Drop the mic. Done, done, done. All right, everybody. I will catch you on the next episode of She Runs the Show.